Man, 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 man. We got an awesome NBA Finals. We have a, a, a draft pick coming up in less than two weeks. Can't wait. Cannot wait. But we're still talking about Jello Ball. This is where we are. That's the hot topic. This is where we are in life. <laughs> this is where we are. But let's take a few steps back. So the NBA Finals. Jamal was pretty wrong on this one. Um, me and Kaza predicted, like, hey, y'all, the series isn't over. Milwaukee may well win this thing. And they're on the verge of – The series still ain't over, by the way. No, it's it's, it's not. It's, it's not. But I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. When you shoot 68% from three, Booker gives you 40 points shooting over 50% from the, from the, from the floor, which you shouldn't have taken. She shouldn't be taking 33 shots to begin with. I'm just leave that one alone. Very and cool. – and, and you took more free throws than that team, and and and, and your your bench was outplayed at home. That's not a good recipe for Game Six. I, I'm just throwing it out there. But what have you guys thought about this series thus far? This proves that momentum is a real thing. I know a lot of people try and discount, uh, you know, momentum in a, in a series shifting, but that's exactly what happened. We said last week that Milwaukee would win two games at home. And they did that because everyone was, you know, after Phoenix went up 2-0, it was like, you know, Phoenix is going to win this. But it's like they did what they were supposed to do. They won their home games. Milwaukee wins their home games, and it's an even series, and that's what they did. Now they go to Phoenix, and I think that the adjustments that the Bucks made uh, in games three and four was what helped them win game five. Also, I think sometimes – when you got the best player in the series, just give him the damn ball. Just just get him the ball and let him score. And that's so really- so, so give Chris Middleton the ball. <laughs> stop. You, you stop that. Great play by Giannis. He could have got the rebound after the miss, but he knew he would get fouled. So he tipped it back. To his guards, which are better foul shooters, they got fouled, and Chris Middleton was able to, to ice the game. Phoenix has an uphill battle now, and not just because they're down two games or down one game, but I don't think Chris Paul is 100%, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they can make the adjustment they need to make in order to, to beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee. This, this is going to be a tough, tough – I mean, game six is always tough, but, man, it's going to be tough. I do think – if Phoenix wins in Milwaukee, it's I think seven. I, I, I think they'll win. I think they'll win at home in seven. <clears throat> um, this series has taken a weird turn, and and to Kaz's point, momentum is a very very real thing. Now, I, I Kaz, I'm going to give you your props on the points you made last week. <clears throat> you said the key to this series was how uh, mainly Drew Holiday, but just the team in general attacks Chris Paul. Go back to game four, and it looks like the Monstars just zapped all of Chris Paul's powers, and he just disappears for whatever reason. Goes five for 13, only scores 10 points, and the Bucks coincidentally only win by six. But, again, every game being the, you know, pivotal as it may be, it obviously turned out to be a very important thing. I want to publicly – apologize to Drew Holiday. I was pretty hard on Drew Holiday last week. Man, oh man, how he's made me eat my crow. And I, I'm ha- I look, I'm 
gladly, I'll gladly uh, admit I was wrong about Drew Holiday. I want to talk about what he did last night, specifically in the fourth quarter. Hold on, real. Well, go, go ahead, go ahead. Drew Holiday actually looked like a point guard in the fourth quarter. Not only did he look like a point guard, he actually played uh, just some great defense on Booker and CP3 in the fourth quarter, man. And I, to me, that was the difference because that word momentum, the Bucks had all the momentum. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the Suns had all the momentum in the fourth quarter. And I think Drew Holiday changed that game around, man. He had, he had a play where he split a double team, you know, dished it off to Giannis. That was one play. Then he had the big steal against Booker and then the alley-oop to Giannis, man. I mean, he he made his mark in the That steal might be series-defining. If the Bucks win, that's what people are going to talk. You know, every series has, like, that one play that yeah. we all talk about. That's going to be it. Because, you know, The play was that block. Yeah. The Giannis block? Yeah. To, to me, that 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 shift momentum a lot. I know, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, you you know, I got to ask this question, and I, and I hate to, but just because it's such a it's such a prevalent question among social media, <laughs> does that does that play compare to the LeBron block in the finals a few years ago? Uh no, I, no. I'm you guys, you guys know I'm not a LeBron fan, but I think about the LeBron block. That was Game Seven. It was Game Seven. Right. Yeah, Game Seven. Yeah. Game seven and, and, and it helped. And Cleveland doesn't win that game if LeBron doesn't block that shot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even even though he missed the layup coming down there, and Kyle had to ice the game. But. Yeah, Golden State would have gone up five at that point. Yeah, in the Kyrie three point, it wouldn't matter. They would have had to foul. The stakes were much bigger with LeBron's block. Oh, yeah. and shout, shout out to Jr. Smith on that because he actually kind of made him hesitate a little bit for LeBron to catch up with that block. Yeah, so just wanted to get that goofy question out the way, man. But back speaking to the- of, well, speaking of Lauren, real quick, watching last night's game and really the last uh, three games, Giannis was in his LeBron bag. I, I feel like he's kind of like, look, I'm the best player on the court. Who's gonna stop? There were times where Giannis, where the we've talked about this before throughout the playoffs, where the Bucks didn't, don't even have an offensive set. Because the Suns' defense won't allow them to set up. Right. Who who's gonna stop me going to the basket? And he's okay. into the paint and either gets fouled or, or, or scores. To to that point, you know, anytime you hear people talk about guarding Giannis, you know, the 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 main thing you are you always hear is you gotta build a wall around Giannis because you don't want him to get in the lane and blah blah blah. He went through the damn wall. Like he just didn't care. You know, like like Giannis doesn't have like the prettiest game, you know what I mean? Right. But he just makes it happen somehow. And these last two games, he just said, screw it, man. Like I'm getting to the basket. Do whatever you can to stop me. And if it, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And it hasn't in the last two games, man. That dude's been unstoppable. Let me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you guys a question. I I, I was on the, on the app last night, and I saw this. If the Suns lose, is it Chris Paul's fault? No, that's absurd. I, I don't like that. Okay. No. No. But you cannot – people can't have it both ways. You cannot have the narrative about how Chris Paul carried this team. And, and he's the MVP of the league. Right. Blah, 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 he's right. a lottery team, a, a championship contender, and then they lose. You can't, you can't have it both ways. I'm not saying that Chris Paul would be the reason that they lost, but at the same time – uh, and Chris Paul actually had some big plays last night. Some big, big plays. Had a big shot. He also had some. In, big in reality, he only had one bad game. 
Yeah. Like, he's, so, he's 36, 37 years old, still doing it. To me, is you know, Chris Paul is actually playing well this series. Devin Booker is playing lights out, and they're still not able to. I don't, think Phoenix, I don't think they have enough. Like, I, 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 just, I think they're just missing that one piece. Aiton has not been consistent. But, I mean, you, you look at it like this. Milwaukee is the more experienced team, more experienced team as far right. as playoff experience. And just Milwaukee has a better big three at this point to me. And, yeah. it, 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 like, let me tell you, when Middleton, Booker, and, and Giannis are, are, are cooking, that's a mighty hard thing to stop, man. I'm telling you. Let me tell you something, man. I, I do not want to question Monty Williams. He obviously knows more basketball than I have forgotten. I don't want to question the man. But, however, I do feel like going eight deep is hurting the Suns at this point. I really you know, do. Who are you going to play, Frank Kaminsky? I mean, you hey, could. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you need to give my man some time. Hey, just, give him a, just give him a chance. Chance. So give Jeff, like, like they're gonna give Leangelo a chance. You just give him a chance. <laughs> you, you don't start that today. <laughs> but but in all seriousness, man, why is Etwan Moore not playing? Why is Langston Galloway not playing, man? And, and for whatever reason, it's coming back to bite them, man. Because I think all these minutes are catching up with with, with mainly. Let me tell you, tell you, what's, coming, you, know? you tell what's coming back to bite them, Dario Sarri. Dario Sarri's being hurt. That's big. No, you 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 literally don't have a backup center with with Saris being out. I mean, I mean that that's that's hurting the depth. And you have to defend Giannis by committee, right? Uh, Aiton is getting ate up. Uh, on the I line. mean, look at, at the very at the very least, Saris is six more fouls. At the very right. least, yeah, exactly. Speaking of six fouls, why don't the ref like refs like calling fouls on Devin Booker? <laughs> He, he, look, he's the star. He's the best player on the Suns. He was straight up hug. He straight up hugging Paul Middleton. Like, and, and I'm like, yo, they're like, who's the ball? I'm like, that's a damn foul. Like, it don't matter who the ball was out on. Was yeah, like, and, yeah. I I don't get it. And, and, and you know, in uh, Game Four, uh, that was that was Game Four where you know they didn't call a foul. He would have fouled out. Um, I don't know what kind of magic he got, but. Uh, I, I and look, man. You know, there's there's been some rumblings and some Kobe Bryant comparisons. He oh, he's damn sure getting some Kobe Bryant calls. I, yeah, that that yeah. part is is Those true. Comparisons need to stop. And I'm not yeah. like he's not a bad player, but Kobe's just different. Kobe's I'm not different. even like a super Kobe Bryant fan, but you could make the case that Kobe Bryant is easily one of the best ten NBA players of all time. You could you could probably. Maybe make the argument five. that he's top five all time. Devin Booker is nowhere near, nowhere near. And if even on a potential, if we're talking just raw potential, one, Kobe Bryant was an elite defender too. Devin Booker hasn't shown that he can be an elite defender. Yeah, he may develop that skill. But uh yeah, Kobe was Kobe was different. He was yeah, I I don't like that comparison at all. We um we have a we have someone in the chat group who made a good point, man. He said the series really shifted when Bobby Porter started getting minutes, which is a which is a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's true. I hate to say it because I hate Bobby Porter's because he'd be killing the Hornets he, all he, the time. He's the Hornet he killer, killing us. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's true. He no, but hey, man, uh, also, I, I, honestly, man, I love Bobby Porter's man. Like I love the energy. Look, Bobby Porter's is like in the offseason. He has overalls and drives a pickup truck with a straw hat. <laughs> <laughs> he just gives me that vibe, man. Country man. 
No, I, I, w- I was wondering why Porter's only got five minutes in game two. And, and, and since then, uh, you know, Bud has, has uh, increased his minutes. And, and it's, I mean, it, it's shown to be useful, man. And it just goes back to what I'm saying about the Suns with their lack of depth and the Bucks having the depth, man. I think it's, you know, I, I think it's been a big key to this series changing around. Well, oh, I, 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 got, I, got, I got smoke for Bud on one thing. Look, I do not want to see Jeff Teague anymore in this series. But what other choice you got, though, man? Yeah. Forbes. Play Forbes. Forbes is a better three-point shooter. Not at the one. I'm, nah, bro. For, Play Forbes, Forbes, Forbes is a better three-point shooter. Brent Forbes is in the game to do one thing. We all know what that thing is. He is going. He's in, he's in the game to shoot the ball. Without that, they, they but without that, they don't have another distributor, man. So it's like look, look, by, so, huh? either way, either way, either way, they're stealing minutes. <laughs> I mean, role, role players who know their roles are the key to championship teams. And in my opinion, it's one of the biggest problems that the Hornets actually have is that we have a lot of role players, but they don't all know what their roles are or they don't stick to them. Guys like Bobby Portis, he knows what his role is. He goes in, he does his job. He ain't trying to do nobody else's job. He does his job and it's effective. And if you look at championship teams in the past, those games are really won. Yeah, it's the big time stars that put up the big numbers. But the little things, those games are won and lost by little things by what players like Bobby Portis uh, do on both ends of the court. Yeah. Guys, guys, I got an important question for you guys. Is this the best postseason ever? I, I, I've seen this today. No, so I don't, I don't want the, uh, our brother to think that we throwing shade at him. But uh, Brother Vince, you know, one of the UC founders made a – Post that this is the best postseason ever. Um, I mean the 2016 postseason. I'm sorry, you had two three-one comebacks. One yeah. in the conference finals. You had the best regular season team in history. You had a three-one comeback in the NBA Finals in the city of Cleveland, winning their first championship in five decades. I cannot. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sorry, 2016 was the best finals or the best postseason ever. Well, well I, I'm, I'm going to push back. I, I'm, I'm going to say he's saying this because there's new blood in the finals for the first time in, like, what, 20 years? And there, and, and also that there will be a new champion. So what, 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 what do you think, Jamal? Roddy, this answer may surprise you. For coming from me, of all people, I'm still going to say 2016. Now, as much as I love the new blood, that's in this playoffs. And, and believe me, the Lakers not being involved in this finals, I, I cannot express how much I love that. However, I would be dishonest if I'm going to sit here and tell you guys that I was not glued to the TV during the Golden State Cleveland finals. That was the most intriguing finals in a very long time. And anybody who says otherwise is lying. Okay. You had the star power. You had Steph and Clay, and you had uh, LeBron and Kyrie. I mean, Let's be real, y'all. That that series itself is way more intriguing than this finals. And we can shout out the new blood and and, and say how much of a, a great series this is, but it doesn't compare to that finals, man. I'm sorry, dude. One of the things the NBA, one of the major advantages they've had over other leagues, despite the lack of parity, is that the best, the best team in the league almost always wins the championship. Almost always, because in a seven-game series, oh, lost Rodney. Yeah, he's coming back. 
Um, in a seven game series, you you just always the best team is just always gonna win. Yeah. But no one is gonna sit here and tell me that the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns were the two best teams in the NBA. I'm, right. I'm not I'm not, buying, I'm not buying it. I'm well, not hold buying on. that. No. I'm gonna say this, Kaiser. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna speak to Phoenix first. Now, if we're nitpicking. You know, we can we can point out some of the injuries in the West. We can we can point out Jamal Murray being hurt for the Nuggets. Maybe that would have shifted some things. You know what I mean? But you got to give Phoenix their props, man. They beat LeBron and AD, and they would have beat them if AD was healthy. So on one end, I can kind of vouch for the Suns. Now in the Eastern Conference, there is nobody that's going to honestly tell me that if if Kyrie and Harden stayed healthy that the Nets were not going to come out the East. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, like, I'm not buying it. I'm not, not buying it. it. Well, I'm you know, I don't even know if if Kawhi's healthy, do the Suns get past the Clips? I mean, here's the problem. Maybe they would have because the Suns are a really good team. But we don't know. We were robbed of that, of, of knowing what what really would have happened if the best players are healthy. So, right. you know, it's 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 great that these teams that normally don't get this championship recognition are getting it. But the cost is that they only got it because of injuries. And I know injuries happen every season, but if you look at who was injured, I mean, yeah, you know, look, look, it's, it's not like the, the, the ninth guy on the bench guy. Right. You're talking you about the best players in the league, are, you know, are not playing. I mean, Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard being injured, injured completely changed the, the Western conference. And like you said, I mean, if Harden or Kyrie are healthy, just either one of those are healthy, then you know, then Brooklyn's probably in the finals. And think yeah. this isn't sustainable. Anyone think that Phoenix or Milwaukee is going to go back to the finals next season? No, no, no. I'm sorry, Milwaukee, no. Milwaukee, maybe because they've been a top Eastern Conference team for a long time, but. CP3 is going to be a year older next season, and once he's gone from the Suns, how do you look? Let's, let, let's be real. CP3 might not play next season either way. Maybe. Yeah. maybe. I mean, we, we don't know that for sure. I, mean, I think he still has a year on that contract, and that's probably pretty hard to turn down $40 million regardless of how old you are. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes, man. But, I mean, looking at, you know, I, I don't mean to jump ahead too much, man, but if you look at Brooklyn going into the next season, dude, how are you going to pick against them if they're healthy? You know what I mean? Right, yeah. And and, and here's the thing. On paper, no, you know, the best team doesn't always win on paper. Right. But that's why we play the games and we want to see. Like, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, a fully healthy Brooklyn Nets team, loses to the Milwaukee Bucks on their own accord. That's fine. And that's actually a great – That's that would be a great, great thing. But yeah. that's what happened. Um, the the Nets were were beating up on the Bucks, and then the, you know two of their best players go down, and unfortunately, I mean, as good as Kevin Durant is, Giannis is pretty good too. Yeah, absolutely, and, and uh, the Bucks are able to you know to win that series. So yeah, and and, and also, man, kind of going back to my point about like the star power, you know what I mean? And, and, and as far as this postseason, I, I, again, man, this may be surprising coming from me of all people, man, but. You know, Golden State not being prevalent in this playoffs, it hurts. I mean, and I'm now I'm speaking as far as like viewership reasons. You know what I mean? Like you can, we can hate on the fact that we're tired of seeing Golden State every year, but we'll watch 
<laughs> right, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like with, with with Clay being down this year and Golden State not being as good as they used as they're used to being, it just didn't create the same drama that other postseasons have without them being in it. Yeah, no, yeah, I I, I completely agree. You know, the, the numbers for both the playoffs and the finals are up this season compared to last, which is a great thing. Which is a great thing, but last season was the bubble, and the numbers aren't anywhere near what they were back when. Uh, when we say that, like that was like a decade ago, but that was just you know four, five years ago that LeBron and Steph Curry were battling it out every single NBA Finals, and you had thirty-four million people watching those games. Right, right. So I mean, I'm not gonna celebrate the death of the the big market teams uh, not being in the finals. Although I should, considering, you know, Charlotte, we, we are a mid-market team. I don't, you know, I don't even think Charlotte is a small market team. Um, as we talked <laughs> in the Facebook group, it, it depends on what your definition of small market is. But Charlotte right. is 18th largest North American television market. How small are they? But Milwaukee is 35th. So, right. so who's really right. a, a, a small market? I've heard people call the people are like, well, the Spurs are a small market team, and they want championships. Really, San Antonio, Texas, is a small market. What Texas? are you talking about? So, um, I, you know, that whole argument, I think, is kind of null and void. Um, it, it's great to see new blood, but I'd be more excited if this new blood was sustainable. Yeah. Like, if we thought, yeah, Milwaukee, I agree. Milwaukee's gonna be a championship team for years. But I, I will say this, though. Maybe it's not sustainable for the near future. However, with that being said, I kind of feel like the new blood of the NBA is here. Like, I feel like the old guard is slowly kind of fading away. LeBron's 36. Chris Paul's 36. Carmelo Anthony's 36, I believe. You get what I'm saying? Like. The old guard is slowly kind of dying out, for lack of a better term, and the new blood is coming, man. And I think that I think we're on the horizon of kind of seeing that sustained success from these younger teams. Oh, absolutely, and I think the fans um, have. I will say, I think the fans have grown weary of always seeing the old guard. You got guys like like Lamelo Ball. He was yeah. popular before he. <laughs> Before he even took the court, before right. you know, when he was right. a middle schooler, he had two million Instagram followers. Like, like, like Luka Doncic is is going to be the face of the NBA in two right. years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Guys like Jean Morant, um, exciting young players. That's who people want to see play. Um, yeah, and and their time will come. And I think that that is a good thing for for the NBA. I think if if we can get smaller market teams. Uh, that kind of recognition organically by their young superstars, um, you know, coming up and sustaining success, which Phoenix might would be able to do because Devin Booker is that good. But, the, you know, it's a big question about what are you going to do with Chris Paul? So, right. And but look, man, while, while we're waiting, because, look, I don't want to start talking about this next topic until Rodney gets back on. So with that being said, I want to ask you another question, man. I, I usually hate predictions. But give me your predictions for game six. <laughs> I think the Bucks close it out in a close one. Um, oh, we lost everybody. Okay, here he goes. Uh, I think the Bucks close it out in a, in a very, very close, possibly controversial game. Um, I think the momentum is on their side. I think Chris Paul is tired. Um, 
Milwaukee's a tough place to play. It's just in – I don't think Milwaukee wants to go back to Phoenix. Right. I think we're going to see Giannis, Giannis kind of be like, okay, I'm the, I'm best, the best player, player in, on, in, on the court. Exactly. And yep. he's going to do what, what it takes to win. Having said that, like I said before, I think if Phoenix wins game six, they'll win the series. I think I don't, I don't see them losing uh, game seven. <laughs> right, welcome back. So, uh, so that's my prediction. I yeah. Think, uh, Bucks and six. Perfect Rodney. timing. Perfect timing. Hey, I got a question. Hey, no, hey, real quick, Rodney. Before you, before you go, man, I was just uh, asking Kaz about his predictions for Game Six. What you got? What's your, what's your prediction? Um, I say Milwaukee in a close one. They recognize the moment. Those fans are going to be nuts. And yeah, they, I yeah. think they re- I, I, I think they realize Booker's coming out to be a killer. CP3 is coming out to be a killer. The, the moment might be a little bigger for those, for those other guys. And you got to look at this. They're at home. Those bench players are going to play even better than they played in Phoenix. Uh-huh. And I, you, you don't want to go back to Phoenix. You don't want to go back. So I I said Milwaukee by 10. Um, I'm I'm actually going to agree with both of you guys. Um, as as much as I would like to stick to my Phoenix pick, I can't. I, I'm sorry, man. I did. I I'd be I'd be dis disingenuous if if I stuck to my, my my Phoenix pick just for all the reasons y'all said, man. And I will put a big if on something. If Phoenix can get a better contribution out of Aiton, if Cameron Payne gets more minutes. I believe Phoenix can win. Am I predicting it? No. I'm I'm actually gonna go with the Bucks as well. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So guys, uh, here we favorite, go. Our favorite restricted free agent, um, Devontae Graham, post a picture of this uh light skinned kid with some braids in his head. Oh God, please. And, 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 and that caused a firestorm. <laughs> and, Jesus uh, help us. I, I mean, I I got an honest question, man. Like you see uh Giannis brother in Milwaukee. <laughs> Who got drafted? That doesn't matter. <laughs> Save your narrative. So we got Giannis brother who is dra- who who's in Milwaukee. We we want to make Lamella happy because ultimately he's gonna leave. He wants to be a Laker. And um should we go out and, and, and sign Jello to, to the normal roster and uh, go ahead and, and, and chase after Lonzo as well? I mean, at the center, we got the ball, brother. That's the championship. <laughs> so what do you guys think? Kaza, please take this one first, son. Oh, boy. Okay, a few things. If Leangelo Ball was not LaMelo Ball's brother, we wouldn't even having this conversation. It's not a discussion. And that should tell you everything you need to know about whether Hornets should sign him. So, 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 why, why are you, why are you hating on the affirmative, uh, on affirmative action? <laughs> also, my thing is, I don't like the narrative. Well, he just needs a chance. Everybody needs a chance. Let's just, you know, Hornets, just sign everybody. Sign me. Sign. We deserve a chance. I, I need I, a chance. I deserve a chance. Guys, I would like a chance. I just, if you just give me a chance. I I'll, I can come off the bench and score uh, nothing as well. You know, let me let me ask you a question, man. Like he was a thirty point per, per game guy in college. He once scored like 60, 70 points in some of these games, man. Like scoring translates. 
and, and look, look, he has the size to be a great defender. <laughs> like, like, so why isn't he? Because he's not motivated. My thing, my thing with players, and I say this to every player: if he was good, he would be. It's a simple. It's as simple as that. I I do understand that players take time to develop sometimes. But are the Hornets the right team to develop him? And someone in the comments said, uh, my only argument for Jello is, is Seth Curry, which, if you recall, he did not work out in Golden State. You know, the, you know, you would think, if you look at Seth Curry now, who is turned to be turned out to be a really good NBA player, why didn't Golden State develop? Maybe playing with his brother wasn't such a great idea. I think, you know, and plus, there's always sibling rivalry, whether you got brothers or sisters. And this is LaMelo Ball's team. You bring his brother in, um, his older brother at that. You really think older brother really wants to be taking shit, excuse the term, from his younger brother? This is LaMelo. <laughs> next season, trust me, you're going to see like four general, general LaMelo telling yeah. him what to do. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? The Hornets players are ready for that. They're perfectly fine with that. Is Jello going to be fine with that? Because he, if you ask him, he probably thinks that he's a better player than LaMelo Ball. And he just deserves a chance. Also, and this is my big, one of my biggest things, is that LaVar Ball has been relatively quiet this whole season. You know, he has So, to his credit on that, he, for the most part, he has let his sons just flourish in the NBA and play ball. But, if you recall, when Detroit signed Jello, he was all about it, and then the second they let him go, he was talking bad about Detroit as an organization. I don't want him to do that same thing with the Charlotte Hornets. If when we cut him, when right. when, yeah, when, when we cut him, yeah. he comes here, he does. We we sign him to the G League day contract. Oh, work out. Suddenly, the bar ball is talking about how the Hornets are a trash franchise. And we know that of all three of the sons, I think LaMelo probably looks up to his dad the most. He talks about LeVar Ball a lot. He holds his father in much higher regard than Lonzo or Jello do. And I do think that LeVar talking bad about the Hornets franchise because they didn't sign Jello would um, influence LaMelo on the decision six years from now when his contract is up. So I, I have a question. I have a question. I wonder why this fan base, the same fan base that rakes Michael Jordan over the damn coals about his quote-unquote draft picks for the last 20 years. I'm exaggerating. The same fan base that tells us how trash Cody Zeller and Bismack Beyond Ball is every damn week. The same fan base that wants to replace half the damn roster Every season, why are we so passionate about adding a guy to summer league? Why are we so passionate about it? Why is it important to you? And let me tell you something. I, I don't think we've. I don't think he's played a meaningful game in like. He hasn't. You know why he didn't, Rodney? Because he didn't get drafted to a team. And, and on top of, wait a minute, wait a minute. On top of not getting drafted by an NBA team, you know what happened after that, Rodney? What? He didn't get drafted in the G League. So, again, my question is, what the hell makes us so passionate about wanting to sign a guy 
who has not even got drafted by a G League team to the Hornets Summer League round. Why do you want to give him a chance so bad? We all- and, 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 and then you got people like Ian Miller, uh, Ray John Tucker. Who uh, really deserve a shot? It's a Cinderius Thornwell. Kennedy Meeks, out here from the city, from the actual city, from Charlotte, right? They actually, they actually probably want a shot, but you're advocating for somebody who could who could, who could probably care less about Charlotte to begin with, and and, and is only getting a shot because of who his brother is. I, I, understand, I, I, I understand fairs. A fair is a thing that pigs are judged at, but you, you got to call it for what it is. If he was that talented, why not be on the on the overseas roster? Right. Make your bones over there, and then come back. Like, like put in the work. Yeah, yeah. Take the same path your brother did. Um, <laughs> what it is, I think everyone is Charlotte fans, and, and this is and this is the legitimate fear. They are so afraid of Lamelo Ball leaving when his contract's up because we've why? been so scorned before yeah, with other because we it it just happens. Oh, we think about Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning. But what the fans fail to see is that the, there have been players that wanted to stay here in the city treated <laughs> those same fans treated those players like crap. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it, I think if you just continue to show your support for the team and the Hornets do the right thing and putting the right pieces around. Now, them, hello, hello, like, hello. Kaza, let me cut you off right there. You, you know, you want fans, you want to know what will keep LaMelo happy? Winning, winning will keep LaMelo happy, guys. Not wasting a damn roster spot on somebody who can't play. That same roster spot could go to somebody who can actually contribute to this team. That roster spot could go to a center that y'all are, y'all are clamoring for every 30 seconds. Chris, love you, Chris, but you know what you do. Every 30 <laughs> seconds, y'all want to be a center. But let's go waste the roster spot on LiAngelo Ball. It doesn't make any sense. Guys, 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 LiAngelo will be better than the Martin brothers. Stop. stop no, stop. Stop it. No, he won't. He will hey, not. Okay, all right. Objectively – no, Lamelo Ball or uh, Leangelo Ball is a good scorer, and he he would probably develop into a solid NBA scorer. But if you look at what he brings as a whole package, the Hornets don't need that right now. We we don't need certainly we don't need a guy any more guys that we need to develop into into anything. Okay, the, the development path is over. We've got our young core. We need to continue to develop them and then put pieces around them to make the team better uh, rather than, I, like I said, people are just afraid of losing LaMelo and they really think that having his brother here is going to, you know, alter his position here. But that's that's not true because if the Hornets suck with Leangelo, guess what? LaMelo's certainly leaving then. And, 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 and this is my thing. This is my thing. I understand you guys want him on the summer league roster, but it's going to snowball into something else. When he does, like, if he does not cut in practice and does not get the playing time that 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 that, that people think he deserves, it's going to be complaint. Oh, he needs to play more. He needs to play more. He's going to have his first 10, 15, 20 point game in the you, summer league. Oh, he needs to be elevated to the roster. You 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 got to realize what this is going to snowball into. Rodney, you kind of like. James Morego needs to be fired because LaMelo didn't play 35 minutes a damn game. Kind of like that, right? No, yeah. actually, you know what would be worse? If LiAngelo goes to the Summer League or the G League and does well. Because 
then everyone's going to be like, oh, did you guys see how good he looked in the G League? Even though we all know that, like, the G League is, like, the G League for a reason. And, I mean, Dwayne Bacon was averaging 35 points a game in the G League. Okay, remind everybody of that. So, I just – I mean, I know that some people love the fanfare, and a lot of people are saying, well, Sion Leangelo brings this, uh, you know, this attention to the Hornets that we sorely need. Um, I don't know if we need it that sorely. The Hornets need to win to get that attention. Let, 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 me, let me speak to that point. This, this franchise, again, you know, we, we struggle for being relevant and, 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 and quite frankly, you know, the national media narrative doesn't look at us as having a lot of legitimacy. How much legitimacy do we have if we bring Leangelo Ball here just because his last name is Ball? Like, like, does that would would that not push the narrative that the franchise is just some I don't know some amateur hour franchise that just wants to bring you know Leangelo Ball to possibly sell tickets? Like, how much legitimacy does that bring? Yeah, it may it may give us some more attention, but at what cost? You know what I mean? No, I'm not with it, man. Having said that. I mean, if, if if he's a good fit for the roster, then by all means, he should get a spot based on that, not because he's LaMelo Ball's brother, which is the only reason that we're even having this conversation. That's, that's, and, and that's kind of my beef. But, but guys, but guys, but guys, but guys, I look at Milwaukee. Fiannis is on the roster. Look, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that he actually played in the G League before <laughs> and was drafted by the New York Knicks. It's, 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 look, the only reason why he's on the Milwaukee is because it's his brother, man. Look, it doesn't matter that he's a 6'9 athletic freak. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's because of Giannis. <laughs> so, the Nashes actually got drafted by the Knicks. Let's start there. Uh, Leangelo did not. Uh, like you said, the Nashes can actually has a skill set that you can use, that Milwaukee can use. Uh, Leangelo does not. Um the Milwaukee Bucks have a good enough roster to where they can they can give up a roster spot and be okay because obviously the rest of their roster is a championship contending roster. The Hornets do not. We need all of our roster spots. And, and again, I'm going back to you know people just saying, "Hey, man, just give them a shot in the G League." I, I get it, but you know if you if you give them a shot in the, in the summer league G League, you obviously want him to be good enough to make this roster. Let's let's not let's not let's be real about that, okay? Do the Hornets are not in a position to say, "Hey, man, we, you know, our our, our roster spots are valuable. We need all fifteen of these active players at least need to be uh, prospects for being, uh, 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 I guess, in the rotation, so to speak." Gotcha. We're not in that position. I, 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 the last thing I, I have to say about this is, why didn't Detroit want it? Detroit's one of the worst teams in the league. You can't make that roster. Hello. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know why Detroit decided not to sign him. Uh, there have been there was an interview with one of the Detroit players where he was like, "Oh, you know, Jello was a bucket. He could he could score." There had to be some reason why one of the literal worst teams in the league didn't want Jello Ball. Not, not not only that, but the twenty nine other teams in the NBA didn't even pick up the phone to call him. I what I mean. I'm sorry, man. Well, what was that about? Well, it, it could be. Some people say that there is a stigma attached to him because of what happened in China, uh, you know, and then being I, pulled, pulled out of UCLA. Hmm. That may be, but that counts. 
yeah. it, 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 absolutely, it absolutely does. It, whether, regardless of what you know, people think it should or shouldn't, uh, that counts. But I don't think that's it because we've seen the NBA excuse. I mean, Malik Monk <laughs> did hard drugs, <laughs> and the Hornets. Well, were no, 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 no. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. Don't do that. Allegedly. We know. We no, know. No, 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 we don't know. Allegedly. <laughs> but he's about to get a $7 million qualifying offer from the Charlotte Hornets because he can play ball. That's what I'm saying. That stigma doesn't mean anything if you can. If you can actually play. Right. 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 Hey, right, you know guys. my parting shot. Quick parting shot. Go ahead and put Leangelo on the summer league roster. And when we lose to China again, I don't want to hear everybody freaking out. Shit. I, I don't want to hear it. Uh, that's that's the last thing I'll say about Leangelo yeah. ball. All right, guys. Um, stakes on Taylor Moten. Uh, we're all going to uh, State Forty Eight. No, we're going to Eddie V's. Eddie V's is some stakes and some lobster, man. Uh, old buddy signed a four-year, seventy-two million dollar extension. Broke off. Broke the hell off, like <laughs> dog. I'm telling you, man. Uh, was this guy worth that deal? Uh, I, I, I want to put it in the context. He's he's the second. It, it, it places him in, in in the same like range of Lane Johnson of the Eagles. So, in your eyes, is he one of the best tackles in the game? Absolutely, I I think he is. I I, I think I think you you at least put him top seven. I'll, I'll put it like that. And 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 not only that, but he is damn sure valuable to the Carolina Panthers, regardless of where you rank him amongst other tackles in the league. As far as how valuable he is to the Panthers, he is of dire importance and relevance and, and all that to the Panthers, man. This was the most necessary move the Panthers have made all, all season, man. Look at our offensive line struggles minus Taylor Moulton the last, hell, two or three seasons. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, look at the market for tackles in the free agency market. There's just not a lot out there. You don't sign Taylor Moulton. What's your plan after that? You know what I mean? Are you good? You, you can't. I mean, look, we're all happy with our draft, but you can't like, you know, just mortgage your whole future on on, on this draft class just yet. We You don't know what you're going to get from these guys just yet. So with that being said, man, he was worth every single penny that the Panthers uh, paid him. Um, he was the most consistent. He was probably the most consistent offensive player with the Panthers. I know that might be a strong statement. I, I know. I, I know, Roddy. I see your face. But but I, but with that being said, man, I think Taylor Moulton played every week, man. Taylor Moulton played one hundred percent of the snaps all last season. You know how many penalties he had? One. He had one. He did. He had one penalty. That is consistency. You know, and, and it was a false start penalty. Uh, and it was declined. So. But yeah, I mean, so. We know the offensive line has been kind of the bane of the Panthers' existence for the last 10 years, even when Cam Newton was here. Cam Newton had a really good offensive line one year, and he won the MVP. Um, and although you guys know I've been harsh on Midwater, Bridgewater, um, you know, during his whole time here, but, you know, there were some offensive line issues last season, <clears throat> except for Taylor, Taylor Moten. He was like, you know – He's that guy, man. So um, you you keep your best – you're like, okay, this guy is oh, clearly the best player on the offensive line. We're going to keep him and build around him. You put a nice left tackle 
on the other side. And I think you got a pretty good protection for Sam Donald, although I'm not convinced on Sam Donald either, but that's another conversation. But, um, and although that, that will be an interesting conversation if Sam Donald with a better offensive line outperforms Teddy Bridgewater, that's out of, that's gonna make some for some interesting. No, nah, no, nah, that can't happen, man. That can't happen. That can't happen. That can't happen. Panthers don't make the best decisions. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, and it also it shows, you know, Tepper. Tepper's all in. He got. He's gonna whatever check he got assigned. You know, Jerry Jones is famous for saying, "There's, you know, there's no check too big that I wouldn't sign." You know, for the Cowboys to win the championship. Um, I think David Tepper feels the same way. So. Congrats and to Taylor Moten. I one one thing that I another thing that I really love about Taylor Moten and also the contract man, like he kind of fits where the Panthers are in this stage. And what I mean by that, um, you know, he's still young enough to develop. Like he's, he's still, still young enough to get better. And I think the Panthers have a roster that are full of players like that. You know what I mean? And he and he fits that mold. So to 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 give him the money now. Um, it shows that you trust him to get better. You trust him that he will even develop to even a better player than what he is now. Um, and I just think it's a it's a perfect fit, man. And, and not to be repetitive, but again, it was such a a necessary move for the Panthers, man. So great fit. I think you know the the, the contract is 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 good for him. You know when you compare it to the the market that other players got, man. So I, I think they hit a home run with this one, man. I, I do. Fun fact. Fun fact. Dave Gettleman drafted him. He loves hey, man. Gettleman. Gettleman has some gems in there. We give him yeah. a hard time, but he, he has some gems yeah. in there. We love this hog molly. See, if, 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 if it was a big guy, then Gettleman pretty much scored on that pick. But I think the Panthers also bringing in a salary cap specialist may have helped this. That helps. The, the Panthers actually saved cap space by signing him now because – his first year in the deal would be less than what he would have made uh, at the end of his old deal. And re-signing Robbie Anderson is a priority. You got it. You got to You can't let Robbie Anderson go in a free agent. I think Robbie Anderson wants to stay here. So you got to make sure you got enough money uh, to keep him. So if you are able to keep your best offensive lineman, one of the better ones in the league, and you have enough money to sign uh, a thousand plus yard wide receiver, I, Hey, so far, so good uh, on the new staff, um, the new GM staff for yeah. for the Carolina Panthers. Look, we got to keep Robbie here to root for his Carolina Bears, man. <laughs> and, <you> know, <laughs> yeah, and one other, one other very important thing to kind of you know kind of mention with this signing, man. It was it was it was of dire importance to get this done by the franchise deadline, man. Um, I, I I just think it would have been a bad thing if you were the franchise tag mode because if you do that, he could possibly ask for an even bigger deal next season. Right. <laughs> so it was better to lock him in at what you did than to go into next season and have to possibly negotiate an even higher contract, man. So kudos for getting for the Panthers getting this done at the very last minute, but they got it done. Guys, 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 guys. So uh we're gonna roll to shout outs, man. This the show's coming to a close. Uh, uh Chris is making bad comments like always and so we need to get into our shout outs. <laughs> So, uh, you got any shout outs? Uh, this week, what I mean, uh, oh, well, RIP. I hate doing these RIPs during yeah, shout outs. Yeah. RIP to Biz Markey, man. Another, yeah. you know, 
yeah, another rapper, um, you know, gone. Uh, yes, Robbie, by the way. Um, and you know, growing up as a you know eighties nineties kid, you know, Biz Markie, they, they called him the the clown prince of hip hop, and he brought something to hip hop that nobody else could. Like hip hop was fun with Biz Markie, and and the thing was was he was a talented guy. He wasn't gimmick, even though. His his style of music may have seemed gimmicky, but he wasn't. He was a he was a really talented guy, and he brought something to hip hop that um, that no one else has really been able to replicate uh, since then. So uh, I hate to see another one of us gone, really so young. Um, you know, added to the list of rappers who died uh, in nonviolent means uh, in their relative youth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's really sad. Yeah, no, uh, that's, you know, one of my shout outs is, the you know, the same RP Bismarcky, man. But to expound on that, um, Bismarcky, DMX and all the other ones that I can't think of right now. MF Doom, Sean, all of them, all of these, all of these brothers are passing away in their late 40s, early 50s. And if that is not a sign for us black men to get our shit together and get our health together. I don't know what is, um, mm-hmm. you know, these, these are people, you know, we're eighties, nineties babies, man. And we, we, we've looked up to all these dudes. We bumped their music. We're a part of hip hop culture, all, all that stuff. And to see these dudes that we look at as legends and as icons and as, you know, people we looked up to passing away, it's kind of a wake up call for all of us, man. So it's a wake up call for all of us to, to, to do better. Um, more about Bismarcky, man. I, I will say this, and this is what a lot of people I think don't really know or appreciate about Bismarcky. He was a savant when it came to DJing. That dude, when I tell you DJs, like all the DJs that you know and love, they looked up to Bismarcky. Quest Love holds Bismarcky in a very high regard when it comes to DJing. And I'm fortunate enough to have witnessed Bismarcky DJ here in Charlotte a few years ago, I think 2017, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, man. And it's one thing to know that he was a good DJ, but another thing to witness it live was something else, man. I mean, this dude is a savant. Um, yeah. Not, um, I, uh, go ahead, sir. At, uh, C, uh, CIAA 2012. Well, um, CIAA was still good. You're right. CIAA, prime CIAA. And uh, everyone was talking about what are we gonna do? Biz, uh, Biz is throwing a. I was hanging out with some people who will remain nameless, but they were industry people, and they were like, "Yo, Biz, Biz is doing a show at the Omni." And that was yeah, like what everyone was talking about. Oh, we're gonna see Biz Markie. And at the time, I actually didn't know that he was a DJ like that, and you know, just put on this incredible show. So, and, and, and I, I want to add this too, man. Like, a lot of times we know these older hip hop artists don't get what they're supposed to get financially. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm just glad that he was able to make a way for himself. Yeah. Like what I heard actually being a great DJ. Like yeah. that, 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 that to me is awesome. And, 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 and I believe his family is a little better off than, than the normal hip hop legends that, that passed away. Right. Right. And, and, and it's, and to, to, to mention more about that, Rodney, like Biz Markie, he he's not like a dude that had like all these like a bunch of multi platinum albums or anything like that. He didn't have a bunch of hit singles, but he was a dude that always had some type of work. He always was yeah. working within the in the industry, whether it be you know making beats or or, or or DJing on the radio or being a DJ. He's always made a decent living somehow. He's in a the man black too. Yeah, man. 
and, and, and again, man, just like seeing his set, man, in Charlotte a few years ago was just amazing. It was it was hands down one of the best sets I've ever seen, man. So, you know, once again, man, I just just rest in peace to a hip hop legend, man. Just going going too soon. Um, I do also want to shout out my creative friends in Charlotte who do not get enough props, man. Shout out to Jesse Attic for throwing a great event called Sukasa, which was at Victoria Yards downtown. Y'all should check it out. Um, <laughs> Yo, look, let's just take a minute and just laugh. Let, let's, One, hold two, on. three. Hey, uh, that's a YouTube comment, by the way, so that'll tell y'all. Yeah, that, that'll tell you everything you need to know. Oh, Leangelo is better than every than half the rock than all the roster. Huh? Okay, cool. He's better than Terry Rozier. Nobody in the league wants him. Nobody in the league wants him. That he, this hating. They're, they're afraid of him. He's too good, y'all. He, all 30 franchises are hating. I'm telling you. <laughs> all right. So so Jamal, um I, I, my shout out, man. Uh are you are you done with yours? Um, one one other real quick shout out, real quick, man. I, I want to shout out someone who actually may be a guest with us pretty soon. That's just making an announcement. Uh, announcement. Uh, her name is Bree Stalling. She is the art director for uh, for the Van Gogh Experience. Uh, we I think we're going to try to have her on the show. Um, if you have not checked it out, please do it. Even if you're not into art, just go check it out, man. It is a hell of an experience, man. So we actually may have her on the show pretty soon, man. Bet, bet, bet. Uh, I got a shot at man. I got a shot at the Charlotte housing market. And, 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 and I'm gonna talk about this. So we've been in our house for like eight years now. It's 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 time to transition. Just we, we just went out there, we, we went out to just look. And I'm like, well, I hear about these bidding wars going on. So let me look at new construction. Y'all, new constructions have waiting lists. <laughs> like there are names on the waiting list. She's like, "Oh, you'll be fifth on this list." Uh, <laughs> so if you want to do construction, maybe maybe December. Jan- I'm like, "Yo, like it's 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 so crazy that they have a cap on how many houses they can sell on new construction a month." Like I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah. The price of materials has shot up. Shot up during yeah. the pandemic. You know, I I think the market will stabilize. I will. I, which Vince was here because I'm sure he could give us a, a really good answer on on that. But um, I mean, right now the best thing to do is stay where you're at. Cause I've looked at you know new houses too, and I'm like, <laughs> I think I'll be good where I am for a little bit. Yeah, longer. at least a little bit longer. And, and then and, and then the second shout out, man. Uh, look, man, COVID ain't over. The the rates are spiking again. This Delta variant increase nationwide. Thank you. Okay. This Delta variant is more dangerous than the original one, and for you people that for you people that are that are unvaccinated, or whatever, I know some people can't get vaccinated vaccinated for certain reasons. Some have trepidation. Um, you can still get if you're vaccinated, but guess what? The severe won't the the, the, the symptoms of of, of of the actual COVID won't be severe. Like people are starting to die again. Like we need to take this thing a little more seriously. Like it's 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 not playtime. Man, to 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 kind of talk to that point, Rodney. You know, I, I was out last night at Sukasa, and talking to people. We all said the same thing. Like, man, being outside is great. You know, seeing people you haven't seen in a long time it's awesome, but it also feels still it still feels very weird. You know, you don't know who's vaccinated, you don't know who's not vaccinated. 
like you said, this Delta variant is, is rearing its ugly head, man. So continue to proceed with caution, people, because yes. it's not over. It, it's not over because we're tired of it. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Hey, 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 Jason, clear. Hit the inbox, and, and we can um, we, we we can explain a little well, more to you. I'm glad that Lavar Ball loves our show so much that he made a burner account. <laughs> so shout out to you, Lavar. We actually love you a lot, and I hope nothing but the best uh, for your son. Thanks for being a fan. With that said. Thank you, LeVar, for watching. Thank you for the ball nights. Thank you, uh, Charlotte. Thank you for our loyal listeners. We appreciate y'all. You guys have a wonderful Sunday. Get some rest. Work tomorrow for most of us. Hey, hey, LeVar, go ahead and uh, click, share, and subscribe for us, man. We appreciate it, bro. Yeah, like, subscribe, share. So, uh, yeah, love Peace you. Out. You guys take care. Peace out, y'all. <laughs>